Welcome to the Next Level Selling Podcast, where your host, Michael Paul, teaches you the concepts of high-performance selling and going from good to great in your sales game. Whether you're just getting started or have been pursuing sales greatness for years, this podcast will help you maximize your income while having fun along the way. Are you ready to take this thing to the top? Let's go. Now, here's your host of the Next Level Selling Podcast, Michael Paul. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Michael here with the Next Level Selling Podcast. I hope you're doing great no matter where you may be. So, you know, today I want to talk about something that is, uh, I don't know, I, you know, we always talk about closing in the world of sales, and I don't want this to be some boring, you know, podcast where you're like, Mike, I'm a great closer. I know about closing and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. There are a lot of salespeople out there that literally get up and go to work every day and whatever it is that they're working on, whether it's on the phone, in person, they may think to themselves, I'm not the best closer. And first of all, you shouldn't say that. You should say every day, I am the best closer because I do believe in speaking what you want into existence. So I do think that's important, but I've always had a problem with, you know, the whole concept of closing because I don't think that, you know, closing somebody should be your goal. The goal should be to provide somebody with what they want or what they need to have in this world. You know, Zig Ziglar said it best, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they need. Did you understand that? You know, you can have whatever you want, but you got to help people get what they need. You can't just go out and slam people into stuff. I know some people do. I've met salespeople out there that, you know, they're making a ton of money and God love them for whatever their situation is. But what they're doing is, is they're just these great manipulators and have this, you know, gift of gab, whatever you want to call it, and can pretty much talk people into anything. Of course, that's where chargebacks come from, because if you haven't closed somebody properly, if you haven't put them in the correct product, if you have not done the right thing, well, if you have a product that is returnable, they can get a refund for it, whatever. Well, that's when you get a charge back if you work on commission. So it's important to remember that and understand that. So many times people live for today. Salespeople are like, well, I'm just going to get what I can get today and I'll worry about a charge back later. I don't know. If you want to live that way, God bless you. It's not for me. So today I want to talk about some reasons why top salespeople, many that I have met, don't always have to be the best closers, right? So I'm going to talk about 10 different reasons why top salespeople don't have to be the best closers. One, relationship building. Look, salespeople who excelled at, at they, if they excel at building strong, long-lasting relationships, say that three times fast. If you excel at building strong, long-lasting relationships, you often find that you don't have to rely on heavy closing techniques. Look, People like to buy from people that they trust and feel comfortable with. You know this inherently. This isn't nothing new. I'm not saying something you haven't heard before, but the bottom line is, is you must be a great relationship builder. And along with relationship building, number two is consultative selling. I have preached for years that maybe you don't have to have a degree in psychology, but some of the best sales trainers that I've ever followed and worked with and had mentored me and things like that always talked about consultative selling, meaning you simply take a consultative approach. You know, people like to be, you know, they, people want to be consulted on what they're trying to accomplish. Doing this, of course, you must understand what their needs are and your job is to provide a tailored solution. Now, look, I don't care what industry you're in. I work with a lot of car salespeople, uh, I've worked with software selling people. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's a tangible product or an intangible, which is what both of those products were I just talked about. If they're coming in and buying a car from you, they may walk in and say, well, I want to buy this, um, I don't know, this 20, 
23 model Jeep Wrangler. Well, they may come in and want a 23 model Jeep Wrangler. Maybe they've never had one before. Maybe it's just kind of a dream and it looks cool and that's what they want to buy. But they come in, turns out it's a family of four, maybe a family of five. Not the best vehicle for a family of five. It's going to turn out to be a daily driving kind of a vehicle. You want to sit down and consult with them. You want to find out what their true needs are, what it is they're trying to accomplish. And it may turn out that that's not what they need. What they really need is, a, I don't know, maybe a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Still has the ability with maybe four by four quality to go out into the woods and whatever. Maybe they like to go camping a lot. But a Wrangler might not be the best deal. The only way to accomplish this is by doing consultative selling and then you find out what their needs are you put them in the right product you don't even have to be a great closer and next thing you know they're driving off in the right product all right product knowledge since we're talking about products number three is product knowledge look i don't believe in going out and just you know throwing up on somebody with all the oh let me tell you about the the horsepower and all, all this crap that some people can do it's important to know this information but it's also more important to know when to put that information on somebody. So product knowledge is important. Having a deep understanding of the product or service that you sell is very important when it comes to closing. If you can educate your client effectively and answer their questions properly, then you're more likely to naturally close a deal. All right. Number four, listening skills. I mean, come on, you got to have listening skills. If you're truly an effective salesperson and you're probably uh, one of these people out here, if you're in the top producing world, then you probably have great listening skills. All right, effective salespeople that have great listening skills, you can uncover the client's pain points, what their objections are, and also I think is equally important, what their desires are. If you can address their concerns and make it easier for them to say yes, then you don't have to have some aggressive closing technique. Five, trust and credibility. I kind of talked about that in the very beginning. It's real simple. Trustworthiness and credibility just go a long way in sales. And you can actually build this with your prospect in a very short period of time. I mean, literally in minutes, you know, you've heard the saying, first impressions are a lasting impression. What you look like and what comes out of your mouth does matter. I'm not saying you have to have a certain body type or your haircut a certain way. I'm just saying, make sure you're presentable. Make sure you don't stink. Make sure your hair looks good, no matter what your style is. People like to buy from salespeople that they believe have their best interest in mind. You understand that? You have to have the customer's best interest in mind, not yours. Number six, referrals and word of mouth. I mean, come on, look, referrals. I can't tell you how many times I've been training salespeople and I walk around and I observe and I'm standing back from a distance and, uh, you know, the salesperson actually closes the deal. Yay, they, got, they closed the deal, made a sale. That's what they're supposed to do. And then when it's all said and done, they simply shake the customer's hand, thank them for their business, and they walk away never asking for a referral. Now, I know what you're saying. Yeah, Mike, but I'm going to ask for it later. Why later? Why not ask for it right now? When do you think the customer is more excited about what they've just done than the second they did it? They're excited. They're fired up. They're, they're, they're just happy about what they just did. That's the time to ask for referrals. Top salespeople benefit all the time when you get referrals and word of mouth marketing. You know, a satisfied customer that's happy, they're way more likely to recommend, you know, their friends or, you know, whoever, I always say friends, in-laws, outlaws, and even enemies, they're going to recommend those individuals to a salesperson they trust, which is you, and you don't have to be an aggressive closer to do that. Number seven, emotional intelligence. Now, this is a tough one. Because sadly, 
I really feel like in our world today, we're really lacking a lot of emotional intelligence, but salespeople that have high emotional intelligence, they can connect with their clients on a deeper level. If you can understand your client's emotional needs and concerns, this connection leads to a natural, natural closing ability. So th again, this is nothing new, but when you can sit down and really connect emotionally with somebody, I'm not talking personally. I'm not talking digging into their personal business. I'm not talking about flirting with someone that you may have an attraction to. There is no place for that in the sales process. None. That's a whole other podcast. I'll leave that for a different day. Number eight, industry knowledge. Industry knowledge. What industry do you work in? There's, I don't know, a hundred different industries out there. You know, in some industries, in-depth knowledge of the market, the trends, the competition, it can be more important than the actual closing of a customer. You need to know if you're in the software world, what are your competitors out there? And by the way, when I talk about competitors, I don't believe in going out and defaming your competitors. You should never have to talk trash about your competitors. If you have to do that, then all you're doing is trying to make someone else look bad to make you look better. And in my humble but accurate opinion, that does not work. So the car business, software, I mean, I don't care what it is that you're selling out there. You could be selling uh, tools for Black & Decker. I did a training for them years ago. I don't care what you're selling. You don't want to ever dog your competition. You need to have in-depth knowledge of your market, what the trends are, knowing your product is, uh, is already discussed, okay? And when you can do this with, with you know conviction and belief, it comes across to your prospect as, man, this individual really has their finger on the pulse of the industry. When you do this and you understand these kind of things, then you will have a much higher closing ability without having some kind of actual close. Number nine, timing. You know, believe it or not, we always talk about the lay down or something like that, but sometimes a deal doesn't close because the timing isn't right for the client. I got news for you. Maybe there's a hundred percent closing rate. And if you have a hundred percent closing rate, please do me a favor and shoot me an email or a text or a message or respond to this podcast or something and let me know who you are because you're probably a billionaire. 100% closing rates don't usually exist, and there's a reason why. Maybe not because you're not the best closer. Maybe you're a bone-crushing. I mean, I know some salespeople out there that have just made millions in selling, and God bless them. But even they will tell you, because I've heard them say it, sometimes it's just timing. When do we want to close a deal? Right now, today. There is no tomorrow. We want to close the deal right now, but believe it or not, the prospect that's in front of you, they have their own budget, their own reasons, and sometimes the timing isn't right for the client. A top salesperson needs to be able to recognize this and maintain a strong relationship waiting for the ideal moment when the client is ready to buy. Look, you're going to need a sale a month from now, four months from now, a year from now, no different than you need a sale today. So timing is important. And last, number 10, you know, product or a service fit, product or the service fit. Like, look, if you're representing a product and, you know, the product or the service, as I said earlier, could be a tangible or intangible product. If it is an excellent fit for the client's needs, you know how this works. The sale happens organically. 
All right. There's less emphasis on closing techniques. I know many of you out there, you have probably worked before with a, a customer and you're going through the benefits and the features and you've done a great job of uncovering what their needs are and what their pain points are. And you've built rapport and you can tell the customer trusts you. And before you can even get to a close, before you can even say, Hey, did you want to do business with me? You know, right now the customer straight up just says, Hey, you know what? Let's just go ahead and write this up. What do we got to do to get this done? Sometimes that's all it is to it to closing a deal. It is important to learn about overcoming objections in your industry. I do believe selling is a skill. You need to be following a process, your attitude, how you come to work every day, whether it's your own business or whether you work for somebody else, how you walk in the door makes a difference. How you act in between your prospects. If you get your butt kicked and you know, and some, and you don't close a deal. You can't have a pity party for the rest of the damn day. That does you no good. It doesn't put money in your pocket. It doesn't help the company grow. That never works ever. You have to discipline your disappointment. Mr. Jim Rohn, I love that guy. If you don't listen to Jim Rohn, you need to go back and listen to his stuff. All right. So discipline your disappointment, have your 3.2 second pity party, get up off your ass, move forward, grab that next prospect with the right attitude and get in front of them and do a great job. You don't have to be the best closer. You do have to be a great person. Okay. I love you guys. Every one of you do me a favor, leave me a review and, uh, you know, share the podcast, tell somebody about it. If you think this information helps, let's just get the word out there. I am doing this out of the love of my heart. I just want all of you guys to make a great living. I love selling. I think it's one of the greatest industry industries you could be in. And especially this day and age, you get to determine, you get to determine just what your income is going to be. All right. Are you guys with me? If you are, I'll see every single one of you killers at the top. Go out and make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Selling Podcast. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to have your team inspired and propel your organization to the top? Michael is ready to deliver one of his signature talks at your upcoming event, guaranteed to ignite everyone's passion for success. Go to michaelpalk.com and click on the contact link today. And remember, we'll see you at the top.